sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. It's a big night in baseball. We're going to have a full preview of all of the players that you want to have on your team this week in fantasy baseball. Also, the NBA is getting set to tip off a little bit later in the day today, 2.30 Eastern. We're headed toward the NBA playoffs. We're also headed toward a play-in game in the Western Conference. Going to absolutely have one no matter what based on the rest of the schedule. So there could be actually some regular season games played before they even play the postseason. So that should be fun coming up this weekend as well. We're also going to dive into what the Washington football team may be looking at running back and also a full fantasy football sleeper update from Joe and uh, players that he likes going into the fantasy football season as well. And also before we get into our top stories, the top story of the day that we're following is college football with Dan Patrick reporting, yes, the same Dan Patrick uh, radio show host reporting that both the Big Ten and um, Pac-12 are going to be uh, canceling or at least postponing their football season. The commissioner of the ACC says they're going to play. The SEC says they're going to play. But again, we don't know anything at this point. But uh, we know this. There's going to be less college football season this year, that's for sure, and maybe none at all. So we'll follow that story as we go. Uh, but, Joe, let's uh, kick around some of the top stories that we have for today in both fantasy and reality. And we start off as we wait for the suspension, which will be coming from the Oakland Athletics, where Ramon Laureano charged the dugout yesterday, in case you missed this video. Now, there's been some other video that's popping up that it definitely looked like Alex Cintron, the bench coach of the Astros, certainly pressed Loriano to charge him. And I think that he could have some involvement as well in this suspension. Tatis, as we talked about throughout the show, went nuts this weekend against the Diamondbacks. He's been baseball's best player so far. Cardinals are waiting for some clarity on when they can resume their season and how they can get to 55 games. It beats me. Ten doubleheaders? I have no idea. Zach Lisak <laughs> is away from the, from the car, uh, Cleveland Indians. Because he broke protocol, this was a report from The Athletic. Morikama wins the PGA Championship. The Phoenix Suns are back on the court today. We'll preview their game. They're 5-0 and thus far. And we're going to dive into Darius Geis here uh, coming up right now, Joe, as we try to find a replacement potentially for him uh, on the Washington football team. And, Joe, I think that that is simply put the biggest fantasy football story of the weekend where you had on Friday this report that he has had some very serious domestic violence issues and arrests. And, of course, he'll have his day in court to be able to uh, defend himself, which also needs to be said. But the Reds, the Washington football uh, team, excuse me, I'll say Redskins a bunch good this job, year. I'm going to end up doing it. Hey, yo, yo, yeah. it it's going to happen. I'm going to say it. It's going to happen. I'm just letting you know. Give me a I got to put a dollar in the in the uh, in the bucket every time <laughs> I say it. They really don't have a ton of great options at running back, I would feel a lot better about their situation, honestly, and knowing how it would pan out if Adrian Peterson wasn't there. But because he is, and I watched Antonio Gibson play in college, I don't think Antonio Gibson's going to be a star in the NFL. I don't think so. And I don't think he's going to be a fantasy star either. But what Washington has done, Joe, is they have basically insulated themselves to the point where I could see at least three guys 
getting carries this year. And it, and it seems like, Joe, wherever Peyton Barber is and whenever he is there, he's a part of some offense. And so I guess I'll wait to see who they end up cutting right before the season begins. But I guess Gibson for some upside, Peterson for some touchdowns right now. Very murky situation. And McKissick in the past has had a couple of good games. I think he makes the team as a pass catching back. So uh, how, how did how did you readjust your black book rankings when this happened? Well, look, here's the thing. Uh, I think long term they drafted uh, Antonio Gibson to be uh, eventually a contributor. But I would be shocked if it wasn't Adrian Peterson opening the season for the first six weeks, basically getting the bulk of the carries. I'm sure at his age. Uh, and what they want to do that you'll see a little Peyton Barber and a little J.D. McKissick as well. Maybe a series or two of each of those guys or certain circumstances, like you said, third down, maybe like that third long. Maybe you're looking for guys like McKissick out there, catch the football a little bit, or even Peyton Barber too, who's showing the past he can do that, but it's going to be Adrian Peterson early on. It's going to be the old veteran, no matter how much people want to get rid of Adrian Peterson in fantasy, you just can't seem to do it. Uh, and I also don't think that the Redskins are a team that really has aspirations of truly competing in that division yet. So it's unlikely they're going to go out there and they're going to make a trade for another running back. Maybe somebody will get cut perhaps, but right now I think it's AP to open the season and maybe you move Gibson up a little bit, but don't overpay for him. By the way, you got to put a dollar in the bucket. Oh, I did it. Didn't I? Oh goodness. Ooh. Washington. You got me. I've been very, very good about Las Vegas Raiders though. I have been impeccable about Las Vegas Raiders. This is a harder one to shake there. The team, the team name, the city's one thing when well, we screw that up, but the team name is so 50 cents for you, a full dollar for me because you caught yourself there midway. <laughs> yeah. I'll put a dollar in too. Uh, the, the other story coming out of Washington as we welcome our radio listeners here to sports grid and fantasy sports today is the notion that Alex Smith could potentially be a factor for them. And Joe, it would really go against a rebuilding effort, which I think Washington is involved in. But Ron Rivera is, you know, kind of one of those guys who plays his best guy. And I wonder if there's a chance that Alex Smith gets playing time simply with the idea of being able to trade him at some point. Every team is going to need quarterback depth, and I don't think that any team is trading their backup to start the season. But maybe this is a matter of giving Alex Smith some starts to move him to a team that needs a quarterback if something does happen in our wacky world that we're living in. Yeah, and it seems like the Washington football team, there I go, I did it, uh, it was not really enamored with this new coaching staff of Haskins. Now, there's been a lot of talk underneath that, you know, he's really not that guy that they like. Uh, they brought in Kyle Allen, who was uh, previously with that last regime over in Carolina with Rivera. But I think Alex Smith is their best option if he's healthy enough to play. And wouldn't that be a, a good story in an otherwise murky, terrible year Alex Smith to get back and not only be healthy enough, but actually to play football. That's that's an incredible thing. And uh, I'm with you. Ron Rivera doesn't like to lose either. So if he can win football games, then that's what he's going to do. We'll be back on Fantasy Sports today with some more potential options for you. Don't go away. Diamond Bets. The seems that Dodger managed. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
And welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today with you here on Sports Grid as we close in on the NFL season. Regardless of what happens in college, it looks like pro football will march forward. And we have opening night, which is one month from tonight on Thursday Night Football, September the 10th. And so pretty soon, you know, people are going to start diving into fantasy football. I know here we'll do some mock drafts and have some fun and, and hopefully get you ready for the 2020 season. It does feel a little bit different this year with no training camp and no preseason games. And so therefore maybe a little bit, uh, people are kind of slow to the, to the draft point. And certainly we have all kinds of stories happening, opt outs and players getting cut and suspensions. And so uh, perhaps waiting is, is the key, but if you want to get, in, in line right now and go sign up and get yourself into a fantasy football draft. Here are some potential players that Joe likes going into the season. Some of his guys that he's got uh, in early drafts that he's targeted Joe. And, and let's start off with, uh, with, with the Cleveland Browns, where I know that you really like not their uh, primary running back, but the guy who maybe ends up their primary running back at some point this year. Well, look, uh, make no bones about it. I still like Nick Chubb. And in fact, I like him more than other people do. A lot of people are off him simply because Hunt is now around. But I, I think there's plenty to go around in this offense. The point here is about value on the board. And at RB29, this is a guy you can draft basically in a 12-team league because they're flex running back. And I don't know how many flex running backs you can draft that have the kind of upside on a weekly basis that Kareem Hunt has, the big playmaking ability that Kareem Hunt has, and also the ability, if God forbid there was an injury to Nick Chubb, could step in and become a workhorse back. Now, that is a great combination of things. And you saw last year he came in in the second half of the season, basically week 10, and uh, you know showed up a little bit and you know was able to catch the football, put up some fantasy points. And I think that's the whole point you were making here about Kareem Hunt. In those full-point PPR leagues especially, Kareem Hunt can be very valuable. He can match Nick Chubb, basically, with basically having, you know, catching five balls, running a few times, and maybe the one-off touchdown here and there, basically can match the same kind of points that Chubb will put up, and all doing it rounds and rounds later. So I think when you put all of those things into one pile and you look at the player, you realize that Kareem Hunt not only has value on the board, but also tremendous upside should any sort of negativity befall Nick Chubb, or if the offense starts to sputter a little bit and they change the way they do things, which I don't doubt for a second that Nick Chubb is still going to be a very big piece of this offense. However, Kareem Hunt is also going to get looks, and I think there's enough for both of these guys to eat in fantasy, especially where you're getting him right now at RB29. Yeah, and Hunt in terms of PPR is going to give a ton of value there. I actually think Chubb can catch the ball too. Maybe this is just a matter of a situation like we saw in Atlanta in the past where they really used two running backs and took pressure off their quarterback. Uh, but that didn't stop Matt Ryan from putting up numbers. Maybe it won't stop Baker Mayfield from putting up numbers. But uh, Cleveland definitely has two very viable running backs going into the season. And Chubb is approximately the 29th. I'm um, sorry, Hunt is approximately the 29th running back off the board. So could definitely be your flex or maybe even an RB2 if you end up going with a lot of wide receivers at the beginning of your draft. Uh, speaking of the Falcons, Calvin Ridley enters the season as a rock-solid wide receiver two. Last year, he had 63 receptions on 93 targets, over 800 receiving yards, seven touchdowns, and a very good number of 13.7 yards per reception. And uh, look, the Falcons are going into a season where I just don't think that they're fully committed to run the ball like they used to, and I think that they're going to be throwing a ton uh, Joe, I've made it clear that I think that Todd Gurley is finished. So I do believe that any kind of receiver and any kind of passing offense is going to work in Atlanta. And Ridley looks like he could be taking that next step. Maybe this is like a Tampa Bay Buccaneers situation where you have two wide receiver ones. Mm -hmm. Maybe Ridley moves into that category this year. 
Ding, ding, ding. And last year, Chris Godwin was my guy who was being drafted as a number two that I thought could be a one if you missed out on a wide receiver run. Let's say you missed out on the the elite guys and then you went for the Kenny Galladay's and you missed out on them too. You have to look for somebody who has the potential to go from number two to number one or vice versa. Somebody used to be a one who maybe got knocked down to a two. And Calvin Ridley fits that. Second half last year when Sanu was gone, you saw a lot more targets go his way. That's important. You see the uh, the yards per reception to a 13.7. That's elite level kind of stuff. Nobody threw the ball more last year than the Falcons. Nobody had more pass attempts than the Falcons. I'm telling you right now, that's not going to change going into this year. And I do believe, like the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as you astutely pointed out, you can have two wide receiver ones on this team in fantasy. I think at the end of the year, Ridley finishes somewhere around 11 or 12 overall at wide receiver. He's going at 16, and it's the perfect guy to kind of pair with, say, a Juju Smith-Schuster or somebody else like that as two 1A guys if you go early running back or if you're one of those people that wanted to get Mahomes or Lamar Jackson even in a single quarterback league. You can do that and make sure that you can basically hedge your bets with a guy like Calvin Ridley, who is still young enough to have upside and still in a system that is built for throwing the football and for fantasy points. And Julio Jones, who's always healthy, and, and certainly Ridley could get hurt. Anybody could get hurt. But sure. if something was to happen to Julio Jones, Ridley Im- immediately would be one of the top wide receivers in football. That's for sure. Uh, Jamison Crowder on the New York Jets while they wait for Denzel Mims to get his feet under him is checking in at wide receiver 40 on the season, Joe. He had 78 receptions, 122 targets, 833 yards, six touchdowns, 10 yards per reception. And Crowder at this stage of who he is at his career is sort of the safety blanket, I think, for Sam Darnold. He throws to him a ton over the middle. And I think inevitably Mims will be the guy there, but it may take some time. So it hasn't got any reps yet. It's just starting to get reps for the first time. And with no Robbie Anderson there, I mean, Crowder should certainly put up exactly the same numbers that he did last year, which makes him a pretty high-end wide receiver three. Yeah, a lot of the community's talking about Mims, and I understand that from a, more of a dynasty perspective. And then a lot of other people, the trendy one is Rashad Perryman. But I want the target. Take a look at that target number again, 122 last year. I understand he only caught 78 of them. You'd like him to catch a little bit more with that kind of a heavy target volume. But Darnold wasn't 100% and did miss some time. So all things considered, this is a guy that is going to go right back and get a huge target volume once again. So in full point PPR, even half point PPR, Crowder's a perfectly fine wide receiver three or four. You can see him going right now as wide receiver 40 overall. That's a tremendous value. That's basically your your replacement bi-week wide receiver or your flex league wide receiver in a full point PPR. And I think on the weekly basis, he has a very high floor. The ceiling's not going to be high in the Jets offense. But I think if you can get a guy out there who's going to get you a dozen points every week, you will take it to the bank every single time. And then finally, let's move over to Deontay Johnson, who Joe has attached his wagon to this year for sure. We keep hearing about him. He is wide receiver 38 this year. Uh, Last year, 59 receptions on 92 targets, 680 yards, six touchdowns, 11.5 yards per reception. And and this is one of those, Joe, that I'll just have to uh, probably be out on, but keep an eye on because, you know, simply put, I was hearing the same thing about James Washington last year, and I know that he had his moments there too. Uh, But... But for me, with Big Ben back, there's no question that there is some potential here. But I just keep hearing about these wide receivers on the Steelers for many years, and they, you know, it's it's it's, it's a little bit of a dynamic I'll probably be passing on this year. Uh, I think Juju still has the value of being a wide receiver one if he could get there, but I, I got to see Deontay Johnson play a little bit more for me. So he's someone that I'm not going to have. 
Well, at wide receiver 38, again, basically free, right? I mean, a guy you could basically take whenever you wanted. This Pittsburgh Steeler offense two years ago, Ben Roethlisberger threw for 5,000 yards. Somebody else besides Juju Smith-Schuster is going to catch the football, and they are going to throw the football because that is what the, the Steelers do. They are an aggressive offense. They always have been. And these guys always emerge in that offense, whether it be Plaxico, uh, Antonio Holmes, Antonio Brown, the list goes on and on. And I don't think Deontay Johnson is that same category of guys. But in terms of fantasy, if he gets 92 to 105 targets with Ben Roethlisberger next year, it's hard to imagine he is not going to be a 1,000-yard receiver with at least six to eight touchdowns. And at wide receiver 38 as a floor, my goodness, that is a fantastic draft value, and that's what it's about. He's also been working out with Ben Roethlisberger, so it looks like Big Ben has taken a liking to him specifically, which is also one of those things you got to keep in the back of your head. And in terms of late-round flyers, too, right now, I got a lot of shares of Damian Harris because I just do not trust what's going on here with Sony Michelle and the foot injury. They're going to run the football in New England. That's another guy late in drafts that you just kind of draft and stash. He's a free player. If it doesn't work out, if Sony Michelle's healthy, you can cut him week one. That's perfectly fine. But if he is on the injured list to start the year, Damian Harris could get a lot more work than people realize because the Pats are going to play defense. They're going to run the football and let Cam Newton make plays. That's basically their MO, I think, going into 2020. All right, we'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Day. We come back next. We'll have the sports update with Chris. And then we'll dive into today's NBA games starting at 2.30 Eastern. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today on Sports Grid. Stay on the grid. We're right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It is another day in the NBA. And to give us a little bit more of a preview of some of the games, more of an in-depth look at those, maybe we'll kick around some baseball discussion as well. Adam Ronis joins us every Monday here on Fantasy Sports Today to break down the odds on FanDuel and talk about two of the marquee games that are set to go off today, one this afternoon, one a little bit later. Adam, it's great to see you again. How was your weekend? How's everything? Uh, pretty good, man. It's just an exciting time. Sports all around, just flipping through basketball and, and baseball. It's just so much fun right now. Just glad to have it all back, even though it has been hectic and a lot of things that we didn't foresee are happening, but that's part of sports. Yeah, it is, and, and I think that you're right. The PGA Championship right down to the wire on Sunday night and and having all these baseball games being played, basketball, hockey as well. Uh, look, anybody who's complaining at this point, it just shows you what a miserable life you must be having to have all of this back. We had nothing for almost four months. It's, you know, to me, it's been great watching. And uh, and before we get into the game specifically, I, I think that if I had to say that there was one surprise or one big story from the NBA, it's I think it's got to be Adam the Phoenix Suns, right? I mean, I, I don't think that anybody saw this coming. And you know, certainly there's going to be a lot of discussion about New Orleans and what has happened to them. I know that there's going to be a play-in game. It look, I think it's a guarantee for the West. They're going to have to have a play-in game for the eighth seed as well. And so those are the stories that will follow as the week goes on. But for this Monday, I think most people are focused on Phoenix. Two years ago, they couldn't buy a bucket. They were losing by 30, 40 points every game. And then a couple of young players and a couple of drafts later, 
and here they are, even as a big favorite today in the NBA as well. They're playing great. Yeah, they certainly are. And, you know, I don't think anybody foresaw this. Everyone talked about Portland and the Pelicans, and no one really brought up the Suns, and they have just done the job. You know, they opened beating the Wizards, which was a given. You know, that was an easy one. And then they edged out the Mavericks and the Clippers, too. I mean, Devin Booker with that great jumper to beat the Clippers. Uh, then they had the game against the Pacers and beat them. And then they beat the Heat, who were shorthanded. You know, Jimmy Butler didn't play. Goran Tratrick didn't play. Uh, but it was a game they needed, and they got it. So you got to give them credit. Uh, they've really stepped up and now put themselves in the mix. All right, so let's take a look at the game later today. It's a 2.40 Eastern start, 12.40 Pacific start. Uh, we got the Oklahoma City Thunder taking on Phoenix in the bubble in Orlando. The total is 224. And from a wagering standpoint, all of this, of course, is our good friends over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can go online, get yourself signed up for an account right now if you choose. Uh, Suns have won five games in a row. Oklahoma City, no slouch. They took care of business like everybody else has against the Washington Wizards. I don't know what the point of the Wizards was, honestly, in the last couple of weeks, except for just getting drubbed by basically everybody. They lost 121 to 103 on Sunday. But look, uh, this is a big change, Adam, because the Suns are really fun to bet as a dog or maybe to bet as a minus two or minus three like against the Heat the other night. They're up to minus five now against Oklahoma City. Is this too much respect? Or do you think they cover this? No, this is too much respect. Uh, I think the Thunder are a really good team. They're one of the biggest surprises this year. A lot of people felt they were going to be a rebuilding team and Chris Paul would be traded or ask for a trade. And they've uh, been really good this year, battling in that 4-5 range uh, for that seed in the first round of the playoffs. Now, they are playing on a back-to-back. Steven Adams and Nerlens Noel did not play on Sunday, that's two of the big guys. And, you know, we've seen Noel be a nice value uh, in DFS, too, if Steven Adams is out. So we'll see if those guys play. The other thing I worry about is, do the Thunder rest anyone here since it is a back-to-back? Uh, I don't think you have to worry about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's a young player. Uh, he's been playing in the mid-30s, 36 minutes, also playing a little bit of a point guard because Dennis Schroeder is still out of the bubble since uh, his wife giving birth to a child. So uh, that's the one thing to look out for. Maybe – I. Maybe Chris Paul sits potentially, but uh, I think the Thunder, I, I would take the Thunder with the five. I think one thing the common better does is, well, Phoenix really needs this game, so they're going to win. And we've seen that a lot. It doesn't work like that. We've no. seen, I, I've seen so many teams here it, with their backs against the walls, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, be favorites and flat out lose and not play well. So obviously Phoenix is hot, and I think people are going to be geared towards them. But I take the Thunder getting the five, uh, thinking at least they keep it close. Yeah, the last week has been really hard to read. Milwaukee, with that huge spread, loses to the Nets. They come back against the Heat. They're down big. They end up winning big. They lose the other day. It, it, it's really hard because of the nature of this being sort of like an exhibition, it feels like, for a lot well, of Well, it's also, teams. you got to remember, this is basically the last week of the regular season yeah, yeah. for a lot of teams. And Milwaukee's the one seed. There's not much to play for. I mean, they did play a, you know, a great game against Dallas on Saturday night, but, you know, what's the motivation for them? So you're seeing the same thing uh, with the Lakers, so I know we're going to talk about as well. Yeah, and and speaking of which, uh, boy, Anthony Davis with a stinker uh, the other day. Uh, LeBron came back, of course, but the Lakers have lost three straight games now in the bubble, and they'll take on uh, the Nuggets. The Nuggets beat the Jazz in that wild game on Saturday, 134-132. Jokic had a huge game there. The total is 221, and I and I guess what what the odds makers are telling us is that the Lakers are still the team to beat in the West or close to it, with them and the Clippers for sure. 
because when they have everybody playing, they probably should be a favorite. And again, you got to be careful here in terms of betting because we know people, Adam, love to take the Lakers no matter what. They love to bet LeBron James no matter what. So simply put, if FanDuel was to make this line only three, which is probably what it should be, then everyone, then all the money would be on the Lakers for sure. So they put the number at five. You get action on both sides here. I don't think Denver's any slouch as well based on the way that they've played too. Uh, but Davis has to have a much better game than he had the other day. If he does, I think the Lakers do cover. But if not, then I could see the same result. Yeah, he's had a couple bad games in a row. I mean, the Lakers are not playing well at all right now, and I actually am a little concerned about them. I know the games don't really mean much for them at this point. Uh, I know they're trying to figure out rotations. LeBron made a comment a few days ago that there was something going on with the team. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, uh, but – I think there's definitely some concern here with this Lakers team. Again, I've said it all season. I still think the Clippers are the best team. I think they're bet, bet, uh, built for the postseason. I think they're a deeper team. You know, I'm amazed that the Lakers actually have played as well as they have and have the record that they have. I mean, it's Davis, LeBron, and then, yeah, I mean, Kyle Kuzma has stepped up at times, but they just don't have a lot there. Uh, yeah, I got Javal McGee and Dwight Howard to do what they do, but they just don't have the talent and the depth that the Clippers have. So, Denver, that was an unbelievable win for Denver the other day because, again, they don't really have a lot to play for either. To me, the most surprising thing about that Denver game was um, Coach Malone said they basically are just looking to get through this healthy. And they've been sitting Will Harris, um, I mean, uh, uh, Will Barton, Gary Harris. They have both been out. They're not going to play again. And then we saw the return of Jamal Murray, and they let him play 39 minutes. And I watched most of that game, and he looked like he was – limping a little bit maybe conditioning wise so i was surprised he played 39 minutes and he had a, a big game you know 12 rebounds eight assists 23 points so having him back is huge and michael porter jr has just that's where denver has uh, had the ability to play him big minutes and this guy's been crushing it i mean i don't care what his price has been on Fanduel. i've been playing him uh he had another double double 23 points 11 rebounds played 45 minutes uh, so that's helped them. So I, I, I would take the points here, thinking that it's going to be a close game. Again, the Lakers just don't have any motivation right now. They're the top seed. You would think that they want to play well to at least get on some kind of roll here into the postseason. Uh, but I, I just don't like the way they have looked here in the bubble. I mean, they played well against the Clippers first time out. And ever since then, seems like they uh, have fallen apart. They've lost three in a row now. Yeah, three in a row, for sure. Um, before we close out the discussion on the NBA, I know that before this all started, we, we kind of thought that the Pelicans were the darling of the NBA and they were going to somehow force a way for them to get into the playoffs. But, Adam, I think to me that's been the biggest disappointment for me to see. They only have two wins since it started back up. One is against Washington. One is against Memphis. They've looked awful. And, and, I, and I know they still have a shot. They have a mathematical shot. They're only two games back. But to me, that's the bigger disappointment because I wanted to see Zion get to that next uh, next tier here, and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, a lot of people did, and the only reason why I lean towards them is their schedule. I, I love their schedule compared to Portland. I thought Portland is the way better team, and I thought they were more dangerous in the team that, if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to see. But the Pelicans have just fell flat. I mean, part of it was Zion Williamson being on a minutes limit the first few games. I mean, if I would have known that, I would have stayed away from them. And then they got waxed by San Antonio on Sunday. Uh, they give up 122. They don't play much defense. They just didn't seem inspired. Zion Williamson doesn't seem to be in great condition right now. And that, that was the biggest issue. And, you know, we saw the one game, I think it was against Memphis. He came in in the final few minutes and took over. 
And, yeah. you know, they just haven't been able to get him consistent minutes. I mean, he did play 27 on Sunday, but they fell way behind. They're a terrible defensive team. That's the biggest problem for them. Uh, but, yeah, they have been uh, probably the biggest disappointment because the way the schedule set up for them, if they could have won those games, they would have been in position. But instead, it's Phoenix who has been the surprise. And Portland is doing what we expected, even with that tough loss to the Clippers over the weekend. All right, before we wrap up, we got about a minute left. Uh, how many leagues you got Tatis in, Adam? How many leagues you got? Oh, honestly, only one um, oh. in six redraft leagues. And you know what it was? It was I was doing a draft. I picked uh, 13th overall in a 15-team league, so I went Jose Ramirez, and I came back, and I'm like, you know, I don't have Fernando Tatis. I want him in at least one league, and I took him there in the second round, and boy, yeah, that guy is just crushing, and there were a lot of people, oh, he's not going to do it again, and yeah, I mean, you can't prorate what he did last year, but sometimes, you know, generational talent, we know his dad was in the majors, and you saw him last year, so I was just glad that I at least got him in one league. You know, there's always a player like that. You're like, damn, I wish I have him in one league. I know. And when he was sitting there for me, in this, I might have taken him over Freddie Freeman, who I love, I, I, I think. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to shoot for the upside here with the speed. And, uh, yeah, that, that team's doing pretty good right now. Yeah, they look really good. The thing about Tatis, too, is that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have him in any of the leagues that I'm playing in. But the, the one thing that burns me is seeing the steals, too. Like, like that's – like. If he wasn't stealing bases and he got off to that Albie start a couple of years ago, you know, where just all this home runs at the start of the season, I would have been like, ah, oh, you know, okay. But the fact is, is that, I mean, does he legitimately have a shot at like 15-15 or 20-20 in a 60-game season? It's just, it's nuts. But it's exciting to see, as we talked about earlier in the show. Um, can't talk enough about the great start that he's had for sure. All right, Adam, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you over at Fantasy Alarm. And, of course, follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Rohn is always giving out really good fantasy advice, good wagering advice as well. Thanks again for coming on the show. Appreciate it. No problem, Craig. Talk to you soon. All right, there he is, Adam Ronas with us here on Fantasy Sports Today. Make sure you stay tuned to us because we're going to come back. And in just a couple of minutes, we've got fantasy or reality coming up. That's a little bit later on the show. Touch on some three hot topics in fantasy sports. Joe and I will break that down. But for now, we'll take a quick break and be back on FST. Stay on the grid. This is Sports Grid. We're back after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today with you here on Sports Grid. Make sure you stay tuned a little bit later. Scott Farrell, coast to coast. Catch it right here on Sports Grid and SportsGrid.com. That's where you can get us. We're going to have a preview of uh, one of the big games in baseball tonight coming up. But first, let's do a little fantasy or reality on the show, Joe, today. And I would love to do fantasy or reality of whether or not college football is actually going to play. Man, there are just reports go flying in back and forth. And this is right and this is wrong. Uh, but I think we'll stay away from that, let that sort of progress, and then come back with the result of that tomorrow because it's it's a guessing game at this point. Yes, I think we established over the last two weeks specifically of this program, we prefer to be accurate as opposed to always first. First is great if you're right, but let's just be right, and then we'll break it all down for you, I'm sure. And I know for you personally, I, uh, having done 
so many shows with you over the years, many, many shows. I know what kind of a college football fan you are, and the prospect of you not having college football is a daunting one, I know, heading into this fall for you personally. So uh, just don't take it out on all of us. Uh, I'm wearing yeah, my mask. I'm doing everything properly, but I just want you to know I, I understand how disappointed you will be. And and look, may, maybe it is just a postponement. Maybe it isn't a cancellation. We'll find out. Yeah, and 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 I think that not having it is brutal. If if the NFL did jump into Saturday in some way, it wouldn't make me uh, not still not feel bad about college football, but at least it would give me something on Saturday too, because I really I've enjoyed Saturdays, um, you know, honestly more than Sundays, but. Uh, hopefully we'll have both best of both worlds. And if we have a spring football season, I could totally be down with that if they chose to do it. Cause that would give us an extended football season, even into March and April, but we're not there yet. The big 10 is denying that they're even canceling right now, even with the reports going on. So we'll, we gotta, we gotta let this flow and then come back here tomorrow. And then we'll tell you what the result of, uh, of all of this was. All right. So question number one, fantasy reality, the Minnesota twins, one of the best teams in baseball. Randy Dobnak's going to start again tonight. He's 2-1 and one with a .60 ERA. No one had this dude in fantasy. No one knew who this guy was. And is this just a great story, or is the shoe about to drop on him? I guess we're going to find out. Uh, fantasy reality, Dobnak will still have a sub-1 ERA after tonight's start against the Brewers. Fantasy reality. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, let's see, fantasy who will have a sub ERA. I, I just, I don't, it, number one, you don't sustain a one ERA anyway, very long. Number two, I think it's a fantasy because it's another hitter friendly environment here. Kesson hero went yard yesterday. You're starting to see yellow cheat up a little bit. Justin smoke also had a good weekend. So the bats of the brewers are slowly coming alive here. I don't want to emphasize slowly and Dobnek has done a good job. He is just a contact getting outs kind of pitcher. He's not a dominant kind of guy. So if he gets into trouble, things could get bad quickly. And uh, I don't want to take away anything uh, from the guy that he's done so far because he's had excellent success. But at the same time, I think you have to be realistic. So I'm going to say it's a fantasy. I don't think he leaves this game with a sub one ERA. That doesn't mean he doesn't, you know, get drilled tonight or something like that. He could still get a W and still do pretty well. All the twins need you to do is go out there and just, you know, go six innings, give up three, and they're going to have a good chance to win a ball game all the time. Yeah, well, I'm going to say a reality that he will. But the only reason why I'll say that is because I've never seen an extreme ground ball pitcher of the last two years like him. And when he pitched last year, I thought it was a complete fraud. I didn't think that he could do it. But, Joe, we are going on now eight starts of this guy and the most mm -hmm. staggering number that I see. Uh, and, and, I, and I honestly did not know until I just looked now. This guy's given up one home run total. Yeah, eight starts. Absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, to me, I don't know how that's sustainable. I don't think it is, but maybe this guy has figured out a way to do He just refuses to give in. I'm going to say reality. I'm going to say that Dobnak goes another five innings and gives up two earned runs, and that would put his ERA still below one. But uh, <laughs> you're right. And look, here's the thing it's a lost art form, right? Pitching to contact this way, getting ground ball out. It's something that in his heyday, you remember Brandon Webb was so good at. You know, Brandon Webb would have some of these games where he would have like 100 pitches in, in eight and two-thirds innings. And you look up and you go, like, how did this guy do that? He's just he's efficient, kept the ball on the ground, defense did the work. He was in and out. He would have these 10, 12-pitch innings. And the next thing you know, he's in the eighth inning where he was getting a ton of complete games. You know, Halliday, you know, was able to put guys away when he needed to. But he's another guy, you know, was able to keep the ball on the ground. I mean, Matthew Boyd certainly needs to learn to do that. My goodness, things are not going well for him. I hope you're right. 
And yes, he is a great, very good ground ball pitcher, but uh, I just think it's asking a lot to sustain that number, especially with a Brewers team that I think is starting at least to wake up a little bit, which is a good thing. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the National League West and move to the Red Hot Rockies. Rockies have had a good season. The Dodgers have had a good season. Padres are playing well, too. The poor Diamondbacks look like they uh, they aren't going to get in there this year. At least that's what the early returns look like. But fantasy reality, the Rockies will have sole possession of first place in the NL West tonight. Both the Rockies and Dodgers are 11-5, and five, and L.A. plays the Padres. Is that fantasy or reality? I'm going to say fantasy. I think they're going to be in a tie again. I think they're both going to win tonight. Uh, I think the Rockies are in for a, a real treat with the way Robbie Ray has been going. And I just believe a lot in Dustin May tonight against the Padres. So I'm going to say that they're going to be deadlocked again. And the Rockies are a tremendous story right now. They've gotten some better pitching for Marquez. Obviously, last year was you know up and down. Two years ago, very good. Same thing with Freeland. Two years ago, very good. Last year, terrible. This year, good start. Uh, John Gray is on the mound tonight for them. And John Gray has certainly not, I think, lived up to the hyper or the potential. But it's always difficult to judge the guys in Colorado. I think more to the point, this lineup has just been insane for Colorado right now. Charlie Blackman looks like an ageless wonder. And maybe this is your opportunity in long-term keeper dynasty leagues to maybe look to move on from Charlie Blackman. I don't think the stock will ever get this high again. He is an older player. The contract is running out eventually. So just keep that in mind. This could be your window to get a ridiculous haul for Charlie Blackman. And how about the story of Matt Kemp? Left for dead more than once. Matt Kemp all of a sudden raking. My goodness, Craig, Colorado right now. Anything could happen in a 60-game season, and I love this story personally. What about you? You think uh, they're going to surpass the Dodgers tonight? Uh, I'll say fantasy. I don't think so. I, I think that the Rockies are what you're seeing is not legit. Could they get the in the postseason? Sure. But I don't know that they're built for the long term. Uh, look, I thought Kemp was done too. The Marlins thought Kemp was done, so I got to believe what they thought. He's been uh, he's been really good for them for sure. Uh, real quick, before we go to the the third fantasy reality question, let's take a quick look tonight at the uh, line on FanDuel. If you want to get involved in this game, the Dodgers are minus one fifty six, and the total is eight and a half. Garrett Richards, whose strikeout numbers have been really good, but he has been hit around a little bit. His ERA four point six zero. And Joe's made it clear he likes Dustin May tonight uh, in DFS. 1-0, 2.63 earned run average, 13.2 innings pitch, 15 strikeouts. And now he is a firm part of the Dodgers rotation. So that is basically the marquee game in baseball tonight. Um, okay, so uh, we go from baseball now, Joe. Let's go over to football. And the Hall of Fame discussion is always a fun one, especially when you find a player so early in his career that looks like a generational-type talent. And Bill Barnwell released his future NFL Hall of Fame odds last week and had Pat Mahomes right now as a Hall of Famer, no matter what, whatever he does. The rest of the way, he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Look, he's got a Super Bowl. He's got a Super Bowl MVP. He's only played a handful of years in the NFL. But let's ask the question, and let's see if we agree. Fantasy or reality, Patrick Mahomes right now, season ends, career ends, is an NFL uh, pro football, excuse me, Hall of Famer, fantasy reality. Fantasy. This is the craziest thing I ever heard. He's played two seasons. They're incredible. I don't know if there's a bigger Patrick Mahomes mark out there than this guy right here. I love this dude. He plays quarterback at a level I've never seen, and I consider myself to be a, a, a student of the quarterback position. I try so hard every year to learn more, read more about the position so I can understand it better as a fantasy analyst. And then in also as a default uh, of that understand offenses better and then fantasy better. 
Patrick Mahomes is incredible. The things he does, nobody should be able to do. Yes, he he, he did win the Super Bowl last year and all that, but it's two seasons. And I understand you can make the argument, well, Terrell Davis only played a couple, you know, three peak seasons before he got in the Hall of Fame. But you know what? He was also Super Bowl MVP twice or no one time of the two. He also had two Super Bowls already, and it was a different kind of position. I don't know if I can put him in the Hall of Fame already. I love Patrick Mahomes. This is no slight on him. It's just I think you need more than this. I mean, goodness, we, we saw, you know, Kurt Warner come out of nowhere and be great in an incredible offense. But it really took that latter part of his career to become a Hall of Famer. Mahomes isn't going to need that. But, Craig, isn't it kind of crazy after two years to say this guy is a Hall of Famer already if he retired tomorrow? That's nuts. It's crazy. Is he going to be in there? Probably, yes, absolutely. But not now. Now? Two years? Now? He did a good job of getting us to talk about it. I think that the mission accomplished in that case. Because, yeah, there's no possible way that playing two years in any sport, no matter how good you are, gets you into the Hall of Fame. Uh, There have been a lot of players that have had their careers cut short with injuries, and there have been players that have had their careers uh, cut short with unfortunate situations. But, you know, like Jose Fernandez is a good example of that on the Marlins. I mean, he had his five good years as anybody could possibly have as a pitcher, but he's not a hall of famer in baseball. Uh, He didn't win a championship either. And I get that. Maybe it is an apples and oranges conversation. Um, You know, Kirby Puckett played a number of years in major league baseball and had his career cut short. Uh, And and look, the pro football hall of fame, as you alluded to, does do things differently. Kurt Warner's in the hall of fame. Terrell Davis is in the hall of fame. Those are really good examples of players. Another shorter career. Yeah. they had short careers, and, and you can't look at football like the other sports for that reason Correct. because of the physicalness of it and because of the short careers of these guys. But at the same time, Mahomes has got to play like two more years in the NFL before we can really have a legitimate and serious conversation about putting him in there. Uh, that being said, nothing would surprise me because they do mandate that five or six players are getting in every year. But clearly, the answer, I agree with you 100%, is a fantasy. You got to give me, Joe, two more years. Like, two more like, years? Give, give look, me four years. Even if two more years he doesn't make another Super Bowl and just has really good statistical seasons, we could even start to have that conversation. I mean, making the Super Bowl is always difficult. There's a lot of other moving parts to that sometimes. Right. I mean, look at the Titans last year going on that crazy run that nobody really expected. They went into New England and won, and then went into Baltimore and won. Crazy things happen in the NFL, just like every other sport. But at the same time, I think two more years of Patrick Mahomes with maybe one more MVP or at least some really outstanding stats. We look back and say, wow, what a four-year window here for this guy. Maybe a dominant four-year window does get you into the NFL Hall of Fame or the Pro Football Hall of Fame, as it were. And that's fair. But to to say silly – and again, I don't know why people do this, I guess, because they want to be talked about. But (laughs) – I don't know, man. This is a tough one for me. And then I think about players whose careers were cut short by tragedy, like Thurman Munson, right? There was a great player who had he played yeah. another few more years and lived another few more years. If you want to put Thurman Munson in the Hall of Fame because he didn't live to play out those years, I don't have a problem with that. A lot of people already think he should have been in the Hall of Fame years and years ago anyway. But to put a player for two years is like the dumbest hot take nonsense you'll ever find. And I don't know why people like to do this. It makes you look like a clown when you put out stuff like this. I don't understand why people do that. But look, I guess you're right. I guess we're talking about it. I don't even hear the guy's name who said it. I know we want to hear his name, whoever said this. It's crazy. 
Yeah. Well, that it, it got the attention that was necessary, but I think that we can we can agree on that that you, you got to play a couple of years in the league before something like this happens. Okay, uh, here's what we got to do. We have to take a quick break here on FST on Sports Grid. But coming up next, it is the Sports Grid 60, and if you've never seen this before, it's basically one minute of us just ranting on something in sports, a hot topic or something else. So make sure you stay tuned to that. Also, real important, go to our website, sportsgrid.com, and go to our YouTube channel, like and subscribe to our show. If you're watching our show live, cool. If not, you can see us on demand on our YouTube channel. If you like and subscribe and hit that little bell, notifications to on as soon as the show gets populated over to YouTube, goes right to your phone, right to your iPad, whatever device you are using, it'll get right to you. We'll be back as we wrap things up on Fantasy Sports today in just two minutes. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, as we wrap things up today on this edition of Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid, keep in mind, Joe and I will be back right here tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern as we kick more into gear into the fantasy football season. Those of you who are getting into it in the month of August, you can rest assured we'll be discussing that a lot more. Also updating you on the college football scenario, whether or not they will play this year and potentially if the NFL moves some of their games to Saturday. But before we get out of here, let me turn it over to Joe Pizzapia as Joe's got his Sports Grid 60. Joe? I don't always watch soccer, but when I do, I like to watch Italian soccer. And a big move was made by Juventus. They let go of their coach, uh, Maurizio Sarri, after another disappointing Champions League showing in favor of one of my all-time favorite players, Andrea Pirlo, who I want to wish... A hearty congratulations and good luck. Pirlo, a great player for Juventus and also a great player for AC Milan. And of course, that 06 World Cup championship team. So good luck, my friend. I hope it goes well for you. It's great to see you getting a big time gig. All right, Italian soccer. We got to put that on your list of things. I didn't, I didn't know that that was something you're into, but we got you down. Italian soccer it is. Okay, uh, I'm going to end this here today with the fight yesterday in Major League Baseball, and I've watched this thing several times on video, back and forth. I got to tell you here, Ramon Laureano, I understand he's got to get a suspension. It's going to be 8 to 10 games. But this dude, Alex Cintron, the bench coach of the Houston Astros, I mean, what an embarrassment. You know, basically egging the guy to come on, and then you don't even fight the guy, and you stand behind the rest of the guys on the team and just watch the fight go down. Didn't even throw a single punch. I mean, this guy should get suspended also. I don't know about getting a full suspension of 10 or 15 or even 20 games, whatever Loriano's going to get, but he's the instigator, and the instigator has got to get suspended. So hopefully when they announce this later today or tomorrow, we don't just see Loriano go down. We see the instigator in Cintron go down as well. And that will do it for our edition here our Monday on Fantasy Sports Today. We want to make sure we thank Chris and Brett and Danny and of course, Joe Ranieri for getting the show on the air on the on the, on the air every day as it always does. That'll do it for the program for Joe Pizzapia. I'm Craig Mish. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. Stay on the grid and stay with us. See you tomorrow. Bye.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.